Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the American Shoreline Podcast. My name is Peter Ravella, the co-host of the show. And this is Tyler Buckingham, the other co-host. You know, Tyler, in a couple of weeks, we are going to have the privilege of being in Savannah, Georgia, for the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway Association annual meeting. This is the 20th anniversary meeting and the American Shoreline Podcast Network will be in Savannah for the meeting. And uh, we are really looking forward to being in Savannah and learning more about this incredible historic waterway in America. And uh, today on the show, what a neat thing for us to have, the chairman of the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway Association board is Paul Barger. And Paul, welcome to the American Shoreline Podcast. Tyler, Peter, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Well, we were uh, we, we really are looking forward to being out in Savannah. And uh, for our listeners out there, Paul has been the chairman of AIWA for a while. And I guess, Paul, wrapping up your term soon. But you are also the manager for terminal and sales and marketing at Colonial Terminals, Inc. in Savannah, Georgia. So you are actually a, a, a guy who runs or helps run a company that is very involved in the waterway. Why don't you introduce our audience around the country to, to uh, both your personal profession of, of working with Colonial Terminals, Inc., and an overview of the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway Association. Sure, sure. Be glad to. So my name is Paul Barger. I am the manager of terminal sales and marketing at Colonial Terminals. Um, Colonial Terminals is a subsidiary of the Colonial Group. The Colonial Group was founded in 1921 here in Savannah, Georgia. It was founded as a gas station, essentially. And over the years, it has grown. um, And there's numerous different divisions, um, with Colonial Terminals being one of those divisions that fall under the Colonial Group umbrella. Um, We have a wholesale fuel marketing division, uh, retail gas stations and convenience stores, a chemical distributor, um, a fuel and lube service. Um, And up until July of 2013, we had a tugboat and barge operation. Um, And, uh, and, and, you know, my current division where I work now is Colonial Terminals. And as the, uh, the manager of terminal sales and marketing, I am one of the folks responsible for um, selling storage and handling services for bulk commodities and liquid and dry bulk commodities, um, not only in our Savannah facilities, but we also have a facility in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, that's really just a, a general overview. Um, the, you know, Colonial, Colonial has, has really been active in the community since, uh, since its, its founding. Um, like I said, it was established in 1921, so we're almost 100 years old. Um, we're privately held, family-owned. We have just recently made the transition from the third generation into the fourth generation of leadership. Um, and, uh, you know, things look really, really good for us going into the future. Uh, so we're all excited about that. Um, Colonial got its start or, or um, I guess, better said became involved in the waterway through a tugboat and barge operation and and if uh, memory serves well that started sometime in the 60s um and we had a fleet of tugboats and barges that would move um, petroleum products up and down the east coast of the united states 
to paper mills and, and power generating facilities, power plants. Um, they move industrial fuels to those sites by barge uh, through the waterway. Um, in 2013, um, we sold those tugboat and barge assets, um, you know, due to some other bigger, larger business decisions. Um, but it's been important for Colonial to stay involved with the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway Association for a number of reasons. And Colonial Terminals, the primary reason is, you know, barge transportation is suitable for, for other commodities besides, you know, liquid and petroleum products in particular. Um, really, there, there's, you know, other commodities that are capable of moving by barge, and but may not necessarily be suitable for going going offshore with those. So there's the intercoastal waterway is a path where inland equipment that's designed for, you know, basically river use can can um, can engage in commerce and transporting of materials without going in the ocean. Yeah, um, you know you know, Paul, I am sorry to interrupt, but I, it's just yeah, a point good. it's a point that um, you know, we we really like to make with our audience is that the Atlantic Intracoastal Waterway is uh, a really important uh, transportation piece of infrastructure uh, in the country, in the entire country, not just on the American shoreline, which of course is on where the Atlantic side on the Atla- on the Atlantic side, indeed. And uh, because of, as you're describing, the uh, diversity of uh, materials and uh, equipment, as as we talked before, the the uh, Apollo uh, components of the of the Saturn V rocket were transported. You know, you couldn't load that sucker up onto a railway car or put it onto the highways. It was too big. But you That's could correct. you could put this thing on the waterway, and it was a safe, reliable, dependable way to transport. You know, in that case, a you know a really important part of our nation's history in that particular case. But what 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 we need to point out is that in our day to day lives. This waterway is a, a hugely important uh, commercial transportation uh, hub, and uh, it's one of the reasons why when you're talking about kind of the future and, hey, maybe we're not moving as much petroleum products, but there w- we'll always be moving something along this waterway. We need to move whatever it is from point A to point B from down south and say, the Carolinas or down in Georgia where you are. All the way up, this waterway goes, uh, Paul, is, my understanding is it goes up to Boston. Is that right, the, the northern uh, terminus? It, it does. It does. It goes to Boston. That's um, an incredible. Absolutely. And, and I think even you, you can probably even go farther than that. Um, you know, the, the majority of my experience is from Norfolk South. Um, I am not as familiar yet <laughs> with, uh, with the northern reaches. Um, but but, but you, are, you are very correct. You know the the waterway is is not just suitable for liquid you know transportation of liquid products it's suitable for all sorts of dry products that are really used all over the place and very far inland so products such as cement fertilizer um all those are transported um through the through the inland waterway and capable of being transported through the inland waterway by barge um as you mentioned pro um um cargo that is is dimensionally not suitable for passage on the railways or the highways um, are great candidates. Um, you suggested components of the Saturn V rocket. Um, that's absolutely true. 
um, um, you know, power generators, turbines, um, you know, big pieces of equipment that are used in, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, large projects all up and down um, within reach of the East Coast. Yeah, absolutely. Good well, point. Paul, is, as the chairman of the board for the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway Association, um, why is it why does it matter that Americans understand the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway and why is it economically critical that this waterway be maintained? Right, right. So, you know, a, a real good example of that is is you know, one of the one of the the uh, focuses, um, I guess I should say, of um, the maritime um, administration. Um, their primary goal here is to, uh, their main goal is to expand the use of navigable waters in the United States. One of the reasons for that is to improve national security. Um, so there is, is there are marine installations or uh, military installations up and down uh, the coast. Um, a lot of that fuel is transported um, through the intercoastal waterway by barge. Um, that's, you know, that is... Uh, is one key, I guess, key example of, of what you were talking about. When the depth, uh, when the depth is not sufficient to fully load a barge um, of a product, whatever that product may be, um, in, in the military fuel um, example, um, that barge is light loaded, meaning that barge is not carrying its full capacity of product. Um, that barge may be half full, it may be two thirds full. Um, we're, we're not getting a total efficiency, um, and that's taxpayer money. That you know, that's that's something we should all be concerned about. Um, Absolutely, that, that it's not not operating to its full efficiency. So we're having to take more trips to move the same amount of cargo over a given distance. Well, you know, we've heard so much about the waterway and talking to Brad Pickle, the executive director of AIWA, and uh, what struck me. I mean, you were right about, of course, the military. Uh, facilities along the Atlantic seaboard comes to mind uh, the, the Norfolk Naval Base uh, and and then of course Camp Lejeune the home of the Marine Expeditionary Forces right in uh, North Carolina uh, and the supply of those facilities is key to the national security of the country the economic horsepower of the waterway itself uh, you know one of the things that I've been watching in coastal news today is the expansion of the Panama Canal and the arrival of the new Panamax ships along the Atlantic seaboard and including into the port of Savannah. Uh, Savannah, Charleston, other Atlantic seaboard ports are setting records in cargo now. Uh, So much material can come through and into these port systems and the distribution of that cargo through the intercoastal waterway is a key part of the whole economics of uh, of international trade, isn't it? it? It certainly sets itself up for that. Yes, it does. And, and uh, you know, the expansion of the Panama Canal has really changed things, uh, you know, for for uh, Savannah is what I'm most familiar with, but, but you mentioned Norfolk as well. These ships are already calling um, these ports, um, even though the necessarily the, the, you know, all the ports on the East Coast are trying to get a deepening project done. Yep. Uh, Savannah is, is probably farther along, um, but but these you know due to our tidal conditions here in Savannah, these these vessels are already calling 
um, that product that's in the containers on those vessels needs to be transported. Um, the waterway sets up well to be a conduit for that and, and to expand the distribution radius, um, you know, for, um, you know, for these cargoes. Right. And when the, when you, uh, when you're working with the association and your board and your members, uh, the role of the, can you tell tell our audience a little bit about what is it that you are primarily focused focused on? What is the mission of the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway Association? Yeah, so you know our, our goal is is to advocate for uh, for the waterway. Um, we 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 um, uh, kind of um, post ourselves as being being the voice of the waterway, and that's true. Our primary focus is to is to advocate for um, not just for dredging, but maintaining the waterway to its authorized dimensions. Um, now that includes depth, obviously, but but also width. Um, and that's important too, um, and, and just to to maintain the flow of commerce. Um, you know, uh, for commercial traffic, um, that is really the our, our primary focus. Yeah, and you know, Paul, uh, and we got to talk about the loopers in a second because I know that there is a strong recreational component on this waterway as well, which is there. very cool. But uh, getting back to uh, this meeting coming up, this is the twentieth meeting, which is a big mile marker here for the organization. Um, why don't would you say a few words about where the organization has come over the past twenty years, and and maybe look ahead to the future and see where you think this organization will be going in say the next five? Right. Yeah. So so the organization was founded in nineteen ninety nine from um, you know a group of of um, dredging uh, a dredging organization and and dredgers and uh, you know commercial operators in the intercoastal waterway. Um, and, uh, you know, the goal was, you know, over time, they saw the degradation of the waterway as, as, as things do when they're, when they're not properly maintained, they tend to fall apart and degrade. Um, these commercial operators, Colonial being one, there are others, um, noticed this and noticed it was getting more and more difficult to, to maintain that flow of commerce. Um, so, so they banded together and formed the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway Association. And over the years, there's been ups and downs, like all you know, all organizations have. Um, but but they seek really the to 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 be sure that the waterway gets the funds they need to maintain its authorized dimensions. Um, over the past 20 years, that's been primarily from uh, Norfolk, Virginia, which is mile zero, uh, to Miami, Florida. Um, that's really been the focus, and so. We uh, we have representatives on the board, directors on the board from from the different commercial operators and, and interested groups um, in Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida, um, and through all the different you know all the different districts. Yeah. Um, and I would say in, in the next five years, we're really looking to to maybe broaden our horizons a little bit, where we have have. Um, have reached out to to other districts north of Norfolk, Virginia. We have made some trips and made some contacts, and uh, you know we believe that 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 the waterway in that part's viable too. 
um, that that it needs attention, and uh, we've 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 been successful um, in in uh, you know recently in particular with uh, um, you know with achieving some goals that we had here in the uh, the southeast and, and are looking to push north. This show is also brought to you by Coastal Transplants. Making dunes grow through consultation, vegetation, sand fencing, and maintenance. Go to coastaltransplants.com to learn more. You know, I think that's the hallmark of AIWA and why I think it's an important organization. And the folks who figured this out uh, were absolutely on the right track. And that is, here is an organization that you're affiliated with. You're down in Savannah, Georgia, but organizationally, you're looking at the condition of the waterway north of Norfolk, Virginia, and in areas that you do not live in and may not operate in. And to that, me, that's that's, that's the key to AIWI is that the you know folks in Miami and folks in Georgia and South Carolina and North Carolina and up the Atlantic seaboard are working for the overall benefit of the waterway, even if the maintenance that's needed for the waterway is outside of their own particular territory and uh, i think that's why this organization is powerful and effective is because there is a communal understanding if i can use that word of this very important waterway that links everybody together that's that's correct you know the uh you know let's face it a system is only as good uh, you know you hear hear the the cliche a chain's only as strong as the weakest link right well yeah. Uh, the, the waterway is, is a system. The Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway is, is a system from, you know, north to south. And it's only effective if that system is contiguous from north to south. Um, so if there's a, a roadblock, and, and I'm going to use, you know, I'm a Georgia guy. Uh, you know, I'm very, very proud of Georgia, but I'm going to use Georgia as an example. Georgia's historically um, it been, a, been a trouble spot in, in the, you know, the Intercoastal Waterway. So... When there is a trouble spot, um, it, it, it destroys the effectiveness of the whole system. Right. Um, you know, we uh, um, it, just imagine, and, and this is an example that, that we use all the time when we're, when we're explaining what we do um, in the waterway. Um, if you were driving down Interstate 95 and all of a sudden you came to a two-mile stretch um, that was was impassable, and you had to wait six hours um, in order to pass. That would really, you know, uh, that would really affect your trip. It affects yeah. timelines. It affects cost. Um, and eventually, what you would do is find another way to make that trip. Right. You'd get um, a, you'd get you'd get off of I ninety five pretty damn quick if you had to stop. For you six would get hours. off of I ninety five pretty damn quick, and you would resort to potentially more expensive. Um, um, modes of transportation, maybe you take rail, maybe you fly to make that same trip. Um, you know, with, uh, with an inland tugboat and barge, it, you, you can't always just turn around <laughs> and, yeah, and go back. First of all, you're not moving your cargo. Um, you, you can't go around. Most of these pieces of equipment aren't, aren't classed, uh, to be able to go, uh, go offshore. Um, so, so commerce stops. Uh, the flow of cargo stops. Yeah, and that's that's the significance of of the organization working with your congressional representatives up and down the Atlantic seaboard, getting everybody to pull in the same direction 
because what we're talking about here ultimately is the work of the Corps of Engineers, the federal agency in charge of the waterway, and, and Congress making sure that the Corps is fully authorized to maintain the width and, width and depth of the channel and that they've got the money in the bank to handle the problems that come up. Um, what I'm kind of excited about, coming over to the AIWA meeting November 21st and 22nd in Savannah, and by the way, everyone should join us there, AtlanticIntracoastalWaterway.org, right, is get registered. But Congressman Buddy Carter will be attending the meeting, uh, who is the local congressman for your neck of the woods down there in Savannah, Georgia. We're very proud of Congressman Carter. Um, and, uh, you know, as I mentioned to you guys before we started the, started the call, what I did not realize um, un- until today was that um, Congressman Carter's role is, is a little unique in that he is the only representative for the state of Georgia on the coastal counties. So there's six coastal counties in the state of Georgia. Um, there's Chatham, Bryan, Liberty, McIntosh, Glen, and Camden County. So that's um, Savannah, uh, Darien, uh, Brunswick, St. Mary's, um, and uh, we only have one you know, representative from, from wow. Congressman Carter. And he's, he's very engaged. We've met with him a number of times. He's very supportive. Um, super good guy. I see him around town. Um, um, yeah, yeah, we're, we're very proud of him and thankful for, uh, for his support and look forward to hearing him um, you know, talk to us uh, during, our, during our meeting. Right. And, and the key, there's just the, the, the folks who attend this meeting, very important community of people who are engaged in uh, this waterway and the management of this waterway. The Corps of Engineers, of course, widely represented from multiple districts along the waterway. Folks at FEMA, the United States Coast Guard. I mean, the federal agency teams are there. The state transportation community is there. Uh, this is really an important uh event once a year is to get everybody together make sure everybody's on the same page with respect to the waterway uh it sounds like it's going to be a really really interesting a couple of days in savannah it it really it really is gonna it really is gonna be there's some uh there's some great great talks scheduled uh one of those uh you mentioned you know the federal agencies we have commander norm witt who's the captain of the port He's taken away from his busy schedule with the uh, with the vessel incident in Brunswick. Um, um, so we're super glad he's going to be with us. Um, the United States Corps of Engineers does have a segment, and even though we are um, we're in Savannah for this meeting, one of the things that that the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway does is we rotate the location of our meetings through all the different uh, core districts. Um, so. And not just core district states, really. So we'll have a meeting in Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina. This year's in Savannah. Um, next year, maybe Florida, um, Jacksonville. Um, so we, we rotate that. So even though we're going to be in Savannah or, or in a given state, given district, um, the Corps of Engineers brings representatives from all the districts and, and basically prevents a, presents us with a state of the waterway. So representatives from, from each district will get up and just you know, tell us what's going on in their waterway. It's always great to hear and uh, kind of keep tabs on on what else is happening. Well, it's over. It's, isn't it a thousand miles long? The the entire stretch of the AIWA. 
I hope you're not asking me, <laughs> you <laughs> know, a, asking me for a, for exact mile. But it's a long yeah, way. It's uh, a long way. And, uh, it's a long way, and that's that's really why it's so important that that we look at the waterway holistically and look at it as a system because it, it really doesn't work the way we need it to work if we just look at the, each individual segment. Um, you know, that's or have to look at it because their their organizational structure to divide them into districts. Um, but it really is important that we look at it as a whole um, and 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 make people realize that that it, it is a it is a system. It is connected, and the value of it lies in that connectivity. Paul, uh, I th- I think that that's uh, absolutely true. And for our listeners out there who might be wondering, hey, why is it that the American Shoreline Podcast Network is going to go to Savannah and cover this conference and share all of this business on the Atlantic Intracoastal Waterway with people in California and Hawaii and Alaska and our listeners around the world, frankly? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because the interconnectivity of the waterway is co- entirely analogous to every other coastal management issue that we confront. Yeah. And the gathering of policy makers, leaders, the Corps of Engineers, all the dis- various district folks that are going to be in attendance, right. the uh, stakeholders that will be there, the private sector people, the folks that dredge the river and, or excuse me, not the river, but the waterway. And all of these different uh, interconnected pieces need to be working together. And that's what this organization that, that you are the chair of uh, tries to do. And by gathering people together, uh, there are opportunities to learn. You know, Paul, this is my thing is that I, you know, I, I'm sure that uh, the Representative Carter's uh, sp- keynote speech will be fantastic. And I'm sure that every the, the panel that the core does will be fantastic. But what I'm always amazed by and what I know Brad Pickle is really uh, angling for is the quality of uh, conversation that happens outside of the of the you know the the conference room? Yeah, you know? the network stuff. The networking stuff, s- standing around and talking, say, "Hey, d- did you know that? Hey, have you thought about this or or whatever it is?" And and I, I want to ask you uh, because obviously you're you've been heading up this organization as the chair. Uh, t- how? How has it grown? You said it initially started as a kind of a group of dredgers, and now now I understand that even the recreator folks will be at this uh, at this conference. So the community is clearly expanding. Talk a little bit about this expanding community of stakeholders, all interconnected on the waterway. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway runs runs north and south, and and even though a, a, a recreational boater. Um, you know, may not be transporting cargo. They're generally crossing the intercoastal waterway to to go in and out to the ocean, or um, they're traveling up and down the waterway to take trips. And uh, uh, you know, you mentioned the the loopers a little while ago. Um, it, it's you know, it's it's part of their trip. It's uh, you know, a travel. It's things people do on vacation. And and recreational boating is a, a huge economic driver. Um, it presents a lot of opportunity for um, um, different communities uh, up and down the coast, and that's that's good for everybody. Um, you know, one example of that um, is uh, um, uh, you know, there's some again. I'm I'm reverting to to Georgia. There's marinas in Georgia um, 
that have been drastically affected by shallow places in the waterway um, um, in, in the vicinity of, the, of their facilities. And, you know, they've, they've reached out to, uh, to the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway. Um, they've, they, you know, we're a membership organization, so uh, they've joined up and, and their voice is, uh, you know, they want their voice heard. They want people to understand the economic impact of, you know, the, the recreational side of this, what it means to their community. Uh, what it means to, you know, their employees, um, you know, to the transient boaters passing through. Well, we are really looking forward to joining you, Paul, out in Savannah, November 21st and 22nd at the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway Association 20th annual meeting. And it's going to be a, a very informative show. We're looking forward to podcasting with representatives from the water users groups and the dredgers and the Corps of Engineers and all of the great folks who are going to be there. Uh, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Paul Barger, the chairman of the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway Association Board of Directors. Uh, thank you, Paul, for being on the American Shoreline podcast. Any closing thoughts and how can people learn more about what you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. To learn more about what we do, you mentioned the uh, the website earlier. Please go to that. Um, take a look. Come and join the annual meeting. Come come visit us in Savannah this year, November 21st and 22nd. Savannah is a great place. Come see what the Sugar City has to offer. We've got great history, great food, a wonderful historic district, good nightlife. Um, it, it, it's really going to be a good time. Um, take advantage of the networking, which you also mentioned, um, that has value. Um, it, it's really going to be a good time. And, uh, you know, we look forward to seeing everybody. Well, thank you, Paul, for giving our listeners an introduction to AIWA's uh, meeting coming up. And we can't wait to be out in Savannah. We'll see you in, I guess, a couple of weeks. Right. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, I want to thank everybody for listening. Absolutely. Look forward to seeing you, Paul. You too. Bye-bye.